Hello, everybody. Kyle here, and welcome to the Chaos and Shadow and Revelator Morning Show. I am joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How you doing, Pagan? Doing very well today. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. We are also joined by a very special guest, June Lundgren. She is here, and she's a psychic, a medium, a demon seer, animal communicator, international author, and paranormal consultant and investigator. She's also the founder of Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, which specializes in negative entity removals. She's appeared on Ghost Adventures, Graveyard of the Pacific, the Norblad Hostel. She has books, including A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal, The Dark Side of the Paranormal, and a new one on its way out in December of 2020, entitled Demon Seer, The Beginning. June, we're very excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's my day off during the week. I only I have one <laughs> and I enjoy it. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming by and spending some of that day with us, because when you got in touch, Pagan and I had looked through uh, your work there and really, really, really liked the energy that you were putting out. We both caught the episode of Zach Baggins Ghost Adventure, where you were working uh, with with showing him some demons you and i chatted about this a little off air <laughs> and we're going to get into all of that but before we dive into some of your activities in that regard can you tell us you, you mentioned being a nurse can you tell us what got you actually into the paranormal to begin with well i was i was raised by a psychic medium my grandmother so you know i've always been able to see demons and spirits and to me, it was just like breathing. It's it's always been there. People have always come to me, even before the internet, to help them with their hauntings and issues. So it's like, it's second nature. So I've been doing it a long time. Professionally, about 40 years. Wow. Professionally? 40 yeah. years. That is Oops. a... That tells how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's a seriously, you have a, a depth of, of knowledge that I was just enamored by some of the stories we were talking about off air. Um, and I don't know if you want to, how much you want to tell to the folks out there, but I know you mentioned kind of having an accident um, that showed you some serious inner power there in this field. Yeah, that was in 1988. I had just met my husband. You know, and uh, I was taking my motorcycle out to teach him how to learn, you know, how to ride. And I was making a left turn on a green light and a woman ran a red, her red light and hit me on the bike. And I was clinically dead for oh two minutes. I went to the other side. She hit me so hard it embedded the foot brake into the engine housing. Whoa. So it was just like, you know, so I came off lucky, I guess. <laughs> wow. Wow. But, but when I went to the other side, my grandparents were waiting for me there. And and uh, Michael, the archangel, was waiting. And, and uh, my grandparents say, you're, you're not supposed to be here. You know, you're not supposed to stay. I'm like, I know that because I knew instinctively I knew that this wasn't about dying and staying on the other side. So I... Uh, I, Michael said, you know, you need to understand who and what you are. 
And of course, I'm still in my physical world consciousness. So I'm like, hey, I'm just me. What do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. So he put his his hand on my forehead and I relived all of my physical world lives back to the soul. And he says, this is who you truly are. He said, you're Ariel the Archangel. You've been sent back to relive physical world lives to learn how to have compassion for mankind. And uh, I looked down at my, he says, look down at yourself. I looked down at myself and I looked like him. I was like seven feet tall, 12 foot wingspan. I had, you know, dark reddish hair and blue green eyes and attitude. <laughs> attitude. 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 Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, attitude. So he says, you need to go back. You're always meant to be a demon slayer in each one of your lifetimes. That's what you've done for him. So it's like, okay, so whatever. So when I got, you know, when I woke up, and got back to my body and police officer was standing over me looking relieved when I opened my eyes and it's like, I'm like, okay, but I don't know anything about Ariel. So I looked her up and it just said that her name means Lion of God. And she's one of the five that guards the throne of God. But they don't, you know, people, humans don't know that much about her. And, you know, of course, I had to learn all about her because I live with her literally. (laughs) But um, it's just something I accept. It was... The first time I did a removal, you know, I had a lot of questions because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, these I had told Michael, I said, these guys can kill kill my ass. You know, come on. <laughs> well, what are you going to do about that? And he's like, you don't understand. Ariel protects the body. And so do we. And I'm like, OK. So I still wasn't down with it at that time. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like then I got a call from my sister-in-law and she's like, there's something wrong with your brother. You know, his eyes are turning black and he's growling and his voice changed and he has this evil look about him. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I said, listen, I'm going to come down. I said, but because she had said he wasn't home. I said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to wait until he comes home. And I want you to give me a call and just let the phone ring once. Then I'll know he's home. So after about a half an hour, he got home and Michael says, just park outside of the house. So I'm like, okay. So I park outside of the, the house. And he's like, get out of your car and face the house. And I'm like, okay. Because yeah, I'm thinking he's going to give me these instructions and he's going to do the removal and I'm just going to be along for the ride. But then he says, I want you to summon the demon, call it forth. And I'm like thinking to myself, are you out of your mind? Wow. <laughs> you know, why do I want someone to call this thing towards me? But it's like, I figure he know what he's doing. So, okay. So I, I called the demon forth. And it came through as a mass, a giant mass through the wall, which morphed into how I see demons in their, in their true form. And it was like calling me everything but a white woman. Of course, they always do. And then it got about five feet away, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap. And then Ariel comes forward. My consciousness went to the back, and Ariel came forward, and she was speaking in Aramaic. And she said, stupid demon, don't you know who I am? And she grabbed it by the throat and shook the heck out of it. Wow. (laughs) And says, what do you think you're doing coming into the physical world? This is mine, you know. 
that's my brother, you know, I'm, you're screwed, basically. So she mm-hmm. put it in what Michael calls an infinity orb and sent it back down to the darkness. And then Ariel's consciousness goes to the back and I'm in the front now. I looked at him and I said, you use me as bait. And he's like, well, you know, this is the only way that you I could prove to you that it was going to be okay, that you're protected, that you can do this and not fear them. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for the last 40 years. So I don't, they don't scare me, you know, they, because they just don't have the ability to hurt me. But I have empathic abilities, but I had to shut them down because I can't, you know, be feeling the client's pain and fear and suffering because if I do, that's a weakness and the demons will use that weakness against me. So if I don't, you know, if I don't feel their emotions and if I stay blank, then I can do my job better. They can't focus on attacking the living people because that's what they would do if they knew that, you know, I was feeling sorry for them or whatever, they would attack the living and then I'd have more problems. So I learned early not to do that. And uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. (laughs) It really sounds like it because what we first saw you doing was sharing with Zach Baggins an ability to see a demon Mm -hmm. And yeah. for those that have not caught that episode, we're, we're looking at the a basement in a corner that is very ominous looking all on its own. But when you went down there, you had no hesitation in being like, yep, right there. And you were very <laughs> calm about pointing it out. I, I took notice of that because I've definitely seen people do more fanfare and make it into a, yeah. a huge spectacle. But to you, it was just like. Between those two things, right there. It's everyday things. You know, I'm used to seeing them. It's, they don't bother me. They don't scare me. But I told Zach, I said, you do not want to see what I see. Because I don't see them as humans do. I said, I see them from an angel's point of view. He says, oh, yes, I do. And I warned him about it twice. But you, what you don't see on the, you know, you don't see that on the film, of course. Of course. And once he grabbed a hold of me and he he saw what I saw, he ripped his hand away from me. Because what, what they cut out was, he says, it was, at first it was beautiful. He says, I saw white and it was very peaceful. And then a curtain went up and I saw it in the corner. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I said, welcome to my world. That's what I see every day. And he mm-hmm. ran. I, he said, Okay, this part's done, you know. So I was headed upstairs to the hotel, you know, on the inside of the hotel. And he ran out of the hotel and into a waiting vehicle and left. Poor Aaron mm-hmm. was, like, running after him. Wow. And Billy was there. He was my cameraman. And, and he, you know, Zach called him. I don't think that woman knows what she's doing. And I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. And Billy said, mm-hmm. you know, she told me off camera. You're going to see what she sees. You're going to hear what she hears. You need to come back here and let her take it away from you. Mm-hmm. So eventually he came back. You know, I was about ready to leave. And then because uh, I can take it back from a distance. But he, right. he finally, sh- the Cody, the producer said, he's coming back. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> 
Wow. It's like, That's he wild. Tweet, <laughs> yeah, he tweeted out. He said, I never want to see that again. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, because he told me down the basement that wasn't that part that wasn't filmed. Oh, I deal with these things. I've dealt with demons. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, not not like this. And that was before he saw what I saw. Now it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it gives you nightmares. You know, people tell me I've only had one other person, a friend of mine who's a medium. He wanted to see. And I told him, I said, you don't want to see. You don't want to come with me on an investigation. And he's like, I do. I really do. I'm like, okay. I said, you need to make sure you're protected. Mm-hmm. And so we get to the location. And it's not like there's one. There were several. And he's like, I'm removing the first one. And I hear him in the background behind me saying, get it off, get it off. Because one of the little creepy crawly dudes was jumping on his back. And I told Michael telepathically, get it off of him, will you? He's distracting me. So he took it off of him. And then we went outside. And there was a couple of demons out there where there was an opening in the ground. And he's like, I said, he's like, I want to see what you see. I said, well, hold my hand. And so I held his hand and he said, I see them. And I said, he says, what they're saying, I don't understand. And he says, it's almost like a high pitched frequency. And I said, it's never complimentary. So don't worry about what they're saying. And then the big one started running towards, towards us and he broke contact. And I just held out my hand and threw it back. So, but yeah, you know, people don't want to hear that. People don't want to see that. You know, it's like, I'm used to it, but people are not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. So we recently were talking about elementals on the stream here and how those can sometimes be misconstrued as demons. Because, again, when we talk about TV shows and people talking about what they're seeing, they just sometimes get lumped into the same category as demon. You said you've seen some that are different. Yeah, they're not. You know, it's. If you're pissing them off by chopping down their trees, polluting their streams or lakes or something like that, you know, they get pissed and they can do damage. <laughs> Believe me, they can do damage. I was in Scotland a couple of years ago and uh, England, and I met up with a couple of elementals in Scotland. Uh, one of them was hanging around the uh, Rosalind Chapel Oh, wow. out, out in the graveyard. Wow. And he's it's a little guy. He would be equal to what I would think of as a gnome. That's what he looked like. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a fairy creature that was there's a um, there's a sculpture, a metal sculpture of the Kelpies. And it's huge. It's like massive in a fountain. And that's where the fairy was. She was there. She loved that. But they don't, you know, they're like, they know if you can hear them, if you can see them. And so they respond in kind. And they both seem to be pretty happy with what was going on in the pre- preservation of the chapel and stuff and and the representation of the Kelpies. So they were happy ones. The one I met in England was, along with Henry VIII at Hampton Court, was uh, he wasn't too happy with how they were taking care of things there. But. Ooh. Very interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, and we even we even in our research uh, definitely heard the the word gnome being used when referring to mm-hmm. to land elementals. So that's that's very yeah, yeah. very interesting connection there. Uh, so I, Pagan and I spend a lot of time discussing how many of these sightings can be misconstrued again, like the the demon to elemental thing. Um, and you mentioned fairy or fae there. In addition, uh-huh. in yeah. your view. So do these things all interact? Like how, I guess the question I'm trying to yeah. ask is how siloed are these entities? Because I think when you see paranormal research, someone's into just one field and they dismiss many of the others. But when we talk yeah. about this, it seems like it's a very beautiful interwoven tapestry to me, not siloed. Yeah, things, if you're talking about like the the elementals you know they interact with each other and they rarely interact with people unless you know you're doing something to destroy something that they're taking care of or mm-hmm. something that they love then they get a little they can get a little pissy and get per- they can uh, you know they can push you they can break things you know they do what they what they have to to get your attention and to get you to stop it but um, demons do not interact with elementals. Demons don't want to have nothing to do with elementals because elementals are good. And so they don't want to have anything to do with them. Angels, on the other hand, will and do interact with the elementals. Wow. But there is another group called the Watchers. And this group is kind of, most of them, I would say about 80% of them are neither good nor bad. They just watch. They watch things happen. They're curious. They're very curious. You never find more than one that around. And they, like I said, they're just kind of there to observe. Every now and then you'll get a negative one who interacts negatively with people. And then one that, then you have the really good ones that try to help. But those are far and few between. Sure. You know, it's a, it's like demons, you know, people don't understand. Demons evolve. It's it's people think demons are demons and that's the way it is and and they've always been that way, but they haven't. They were once light beings like like the angels because they were angels at one time. Lucifer was an archangel. And they're, you know, they traveled the, they traveled the galaxies and stuff to to learn everything, see everything. And then at one point, three quarters of the soul said, you know what? We want to be physical again. We want to have children. We want to know physical love. We want to live a physical life again. Because at one time on a different planet, we all had, we were all physical. And then we evolved into pure energy. So Lucifer and his followers said, no, no, no. We don't want that. We're not going to put up with it. You know, you can't make us do that. We don't want to be subject to pain and disease and old age. We don't want none of that. So that kind of started the war. And then in the end, when Lucifer was disarmed by Michael and his son was disarmed by uh, Ariel, God says, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take physical form again. And he opened up a rift between a dark dimension and the light dimension and all of them were put in there and it was sealed and there are two archangels that guard it but they've over the years they've grown nasty and resentful and angry and 
you know, at first they were okay with it because they're like, yeah, we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to be physical. So we're, we're doing it. Uh, you know, and Lucifer says, I'm, I'm king here. So there you go. But they've become, you know, obsessed now with revenge. And that's why they attack the living because every living person has a white light soul within it. So, you know, that, that's their, that's their whole thing to make you miserable, to, to ruin you to cause as much pain and suffering as they can, possibly can. But people don't understand there is a hierarchy on the other side. Not only in heaven, but in hell, there's a hierarchy. You know, there's Lucifer, and then he has three generals, and then there are the old demons. They're the most powerful and the oldest ones. We don't, you know, we're not worth their time and effort 99.9% .9 of the time. And then there are the lesser demons, I call them. Uh, they're kind of like hormonal teenagers running <laughs> rampant. You know, they're like, they're out and about doing their thing, causing much hate and discontent as they can do that. And then there are the minions who are like the precursors. They go out and troll the physical world for victims, so to speak. Oh. And when they find one that seems, you know, good, you know, a possible, a possibility, they'll watch it for a while, study it for a while. And if they deem it, you know, good enough for the their master, the lesser demon, mm -hmm. then they'll tell him. And then the lesser demon will sit back and watch. They'll look for your weaknesses. They'll look for your strengths. They'll look and see if you're easily influenced, if your faith is strong, you know, if you have substance abuse issues or if you're in an abusive situation, you know, if you have mental health issues. All of these factors is what they look at. And, you, you know, these guys can be watching you for years because on the other side, you know, they got all the time in the world because time doesn't exist. So, you know, they, they do that. I, I call them stalkers because basically that's what they do. They stalk the victim. If the lesser demon considers you worthy, then he'll attach himself. If he doesn't, he'll move on. You know, it's like, you idiot, this is not right. This is not right for me. I'm moving on. So um, I consider the demons like the shark and the little creepy crawly dudes as the pilot fish that swim along with them. Interesting. So here's a question then, June. How, how often do you think when people are seeing uh, negative energy, whether that's you know something manifesting in their house that's not agreeing with them, is that, I think people want to yell demon very quickly. Is that common that it's a demon or do you find that it's more often just uh, something no. else? It can be, in fact, I had a case, which I finished this morning, where it was a mixture. There was a person there who was mm -hmm. negative in life mm -hmm. and had not crossed, of course. So negative in life, negative in death. And he was basically stalking the woman and wanting her wanting to take her away from the husband. And so I had to take care of business with him and send him back where he needs to go. And they also had a demon there that was, you know, manipulating the the guy, the male uh, spirit. So it's just a matter of depending upon where they are and what they're doing. A lot of times... You know, they won't show themselves and the, or they'll show themselves only to one person and, you know, make that person think that they're going crazy sure. or, you yeah. know, and they're even their husband or wife won't 
you know, they'll look at them like, yeah, right, whatever, you know, until they actually encounter it. They think their other half has like lost it. That's that's a scary way to do it. That's separating of the pack there, breaking people that's, off. That's what they do. It's mm -hmm. one of their MOs is they they will go in and they'll separate you from any and all of your support system. They will uh, they will make your health go in the toilet. They'll make your finances go in the toilet. Relationships go down. They want to effectively isolate you from anyone that can help you. And they like that because then you're vulnerable. That's very scary. Pardon me on my side as someone's car alarm's going off outside. <laughs> Pagan, do you mind tossing another question here for a sec? Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, you have your Demon Se Seer series that's coming out, mm -hmm. or part of it is out, I should say. Yeah. And um, can you tell us how you aim your content towards non-believers and those who are just diving into that and... You know, for somebody who may not be as familiar with what you do as, you know, say somebody who's very much in the field. Right. Then that's that's where I differ in this book, because originally I finished it editing and all in December of last year. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, when I stopped and thought about it, I'm gearing this towards people who already know something about the paranormal. And that's not my intent my intent is to bring awareness so basically i'm re-editing it so that it's geared to people who don't have much information about the paranormal but are curious mm -hmm. or have possibly had an interaction and also are curious or are looking for answers and so that's i flipped it so that it was that way it's, the book is about bringing awareness about how these guys work in our world, how they come into our world, what they can do, you know, how behind the scenes stuff, you know, the people that are being influenced by them that most people don't even know about. You know, that's, that's the thing. When I look at someone, I see what's there. I see if there's in something negative there. I can tell what it is, when it attached, you know, how it happened, all of the above. So, all this information is being put into this book, along with two very good chapters, not that they're not, not all good, but two important chapters, which is a chapter on protection and a chapter on where to, how to help yourself and where to find help. Uh, Carl Johnson and his brother Keith, they consented to have you know the, their links and everything in the book so that people can go to them for help as well along with the Archbishop of the Order of St. Michael Exorcist in Los Angeles and brother, Father Bob Bailey and um, an ex-nun. Uh, ex you know, there's a lot of people that are out there that will help you, but people don't know where to go for help. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think this is a very important thing is for them to see this, read this book and that especially the chapter on where you can go to get help. Right. I like that a lot. That's getting, getting people. I, we've seen people come over to the paranormal side of 
things all the time. As you just said, June, when when you've got some of these encounters, only one person is aware. The other person thinks it's all crazy until they actually encounter it themselves. And I think that Pagan and I really aim what we do here is like interviewing people and, and just we spend a lot of time trying to just open that doorway, which is what I really appreciate what what you're doing there, that you're providing those services out there. Like we said, right off the top, the negative uh, energy removals and such. Like it's a, it's a very good thing for those that are coming over and, and starting to expand their minds. Cause I I definitely am one that believes there's way more than what we're just seeing. Yeah. You know, Shakespeare said it, said it, eloquently when he said there are more things on heaven and earth Horatio than are dreamt of in your philosophy because you always learn you never stop learning the case I did this morning um, they had called in a paranormal group mm-hmm. this was in North Carolina and they had called in a paranormal group and they actually captured a picture of a human entity you know it was showing itself as like a shadow person mm-hmm. And their post was, we cleared it out. Everything's, we were able to clear it out. Everything's fine, blah, blah. And then the the person that contacted me was the person that had the house. And she's like, no, they didn't clear anything. They made it worse. You know, don't be dealing with it. If you don't know what you're doing, don't mess with uh, a negative entity. Because you'll only piss it off. You'll make everything worse. It'll ramp up the activity like you've never seen. These people had to leave the house. They actually moved out of the house. But unfortunately for them, it was not attached to the house or the land. Uh, The husband actually brought it home and didn't even know it. You know, right place, wrong time. Poor guy. But it's I took care of it now because they have children and everything. Everybody was being attacked. So I I just... Oh, pardon. Sorry. Continue. People that, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, in a paranormal group, do not attempt to remove or provoke a negative entity because either it's going to ramp up the activity in the house and be worse for your clients or it's going to say, hmm, let me attach myself to this idiot who's who's provoking me, you know, because I've had to remove uh, negative entities from people you know, in paranormal groups before. It's it's never a pretty thing. You know, it, it's just, just don't do it. I mean, if you have a deliverance minister nearby or somebody that you can get, a priest, whatever, then, you know, get somebody there. I mean, priests are good. If the problem is, if it's a Catholic church, you know, you have to jump through a lot of hoops before you get help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, years. Some people... It's years. And I mean, if you're being constantly attacked, you know, you can only take so much. Yeah. And, you know, going through this for years is ridiculous. I mean, do what you're supposed to do. Help the person. Why do you need absolute 100% photographic evidence or recorded evidence? And even that's not enough sometimes. So mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, you know, but I think it's probably because... They can't see what I see. They are not able to, you know, connect with the individual and see it. Mm-hmm. If they go into a location and they feel it, it's one thing. But I can see it and not even have to be in the presence of the person. Wow. So I automatically know what's there. 
and that people have asked me, well, how do you know the difference between, you know, just mental illness per se mm-hmm. and if there's a negative there? And it's it's difficult to explain other than the fact that when I look at the individual or or a picture of them or a picture of the house, I can see the entity there. Mm-hmm. I, and so I know whether it is or whether it isn't. Wow. That's very interesting. Wow. That is a lot. That, that I, I think that's very interesting. The divide, like you said, they, they can't see it like you can. So there's all this proper procedure and rules and right. hoops to jump through. And like you said, and, people suffer in yeah, the meantime. I mean, yeah, in the meantime, people are living with this, suffering with this. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Ah. I want to throw a question back here from chat. Uh, Tuesday in chat asked by watchers that you were referring to earlier, were you referring to the Grigori by chance? And if so, are they all fallen as suggested in text? Yeah, they're not fallen. They, yes, I am referring to them, but they're not fallen. They're kind of the go between the arbitrator. I guess is the best way to explain it. They're, like I said, neither good nor bad. They watch everything. Uh, if there's something of note or something that's wrong, they will tell, uh, you know, they'll tell the white light people, you know, this is, there's something here that shouldn't be here, but they don't get involved with it. They'll see it. It's kind of like a witness. You know, they'll see it and say, this is what happened. Maybe you should check that out. So I'm unfamiliar with the concept of watchers. If I could ask, is, is there a way that would manifest that people see it? You said sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but more often than not, neutral. Is yeah. there a way that people that can't see it, that they, they may encounter these watchers in some ways? A lot of people say that, you know, that they look like tall and thin and and kind of like flat-like looking, reedy. Um, that's how they appear to humans Mm -hmm. um i see them as they are which is kind of like a cross between a banshee and an angel so it's they have kind of they've evolved to the point where they're kind of you know they're they're thin but they're you know gossamer type and they'll watch they just you know they're white Uh, some people see them as gray but they they like i said they they're all about their own their own thing. They don't like company, kind of like shadow people in that way. Shadow people like their own territory. They don't want anybody interfering. They don't want another demon in there. They don't want anything. So these guys are like that in the way that they like their own company. And if somebody else, if a demon comes in or an angel comes in, they'll leave. Because it's like, oh, you know. Well, this place is blown. Let's move on to the next place. You know, let's see what's over here. A lot of scavenger types, it seems, moving along. Yeah. Putting up nests where it's convenient, it would sound like. Opportunist. Yes. Very good (laughs) word for it. So one of my last questions to kind of ask today is along the lines of image borrowing from people's minds you talked uh, a bit about as we've been going through here how you see things versus how humans see things we've recently mm-hmm. been turned on to that concept that uh, expanding the mental images you have in your in your mental library upstairs in your brain is going to maybe help you communicate with more positive entities not trying to commune with demons but 
is, is there something that goes on in that regard with these spirits kind of borrowing and projecting imagery that we already have come to fear or how might that work? Well, you know, when you get a ghost, I went in on a on a case where it was a children's theater. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. a great theater. It was, you know, all the kids like to go there and and they put on plays and things like that. Well, you know, about six months prior to them calling me in, you know, there's a shadow person that appeared. And he was about seven feet tall and he was like black. It looked like, to them, it looked like a shadow person. And the kids were afraid and he would hang around in the back of the stage and basically scare the heck out of the poor kids. Ooh. And I was, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come in and check it out. So I went in and it tried to project into my mind that it was a shadow person, but it couldn't do it. So I see it as it truly is. It was a short, fat, balding guy who never got any respect in life. So he was darn sure he was going to get respect in death. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I told him, I said, that's not the way to do it. I said, you're making me mad. I said, you're scaring the kids. Come on. Really? You need to go home. So I took him home. It's like, yeah, right. You don't need to be bothering these children. Not the time or place. Yeah, ghosts can make you see them as they wish to be perceived. You know, it's like, you know, I'm gonna make you see me as I was when I was 20 years old and I was the happiest. It was the happiest of my life. You know, or I'm gonna let you see me as I was when I died. There are some people that are that die and remain stuck in their death state, which is sad because mm-hmm. they really need to move on. Once they let go of it, then they can go to the light. But so many of them are stuck in their physical consciousness, like like the guy I had that, you know, was he's covered in blood. He had a suitcase wearing a, uh, a suit and everything. And I said, what's up with you? And he's like, I can't cross. And I said, why not? He says, he's a Catholic. He says, I was sinning. I was on the way, way to meet my girlfriend. I was cheating on my wife. And I was killed in a car accident and I can't cross because I'll be found, you know, I'll go to hell. I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) I said, you're going to have to answer for what you do. I said, but you're not going to go to hell. He still wasn't convinced. So I'm like, fine, come find me when you, when you want to cross over. I said, otherwise just stay as you are. I don't care. Oh, geez. These encounters, I can't imagine. It's funny because... One night I was coming home. It was during the winter. I was coming home on what they call Singer Hill. And it was blacker than black. And uh, it's really quiet. It had snowed. And I was coming down the hill. And and uh, it was very, very quiet. And all of a sudden, I heard clicking sounds. It's like just click, 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 click. I'm like, what the heck? And it sounded like you know, uh, wings flapping, huge wings. You know, it's like, what the heck? And I'm looking around, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And and, uh, pretty soon I see these, I hear this screeching. I'm like, oh, crap. So then I look way up, you know, I look, I stop the car and look up in my windshield. And at the top of my windshield, I see these harpy-like things. They look like Grecian harpies. 
you know, they have the they have the wings, you know, huge leathery wings and they're ugly. The face is really ugly and contorted and and you know, they have like claws for feet and hands and and I'm like, Okay. And my sister, who's one of my guardians, says, uh, drive. Just drive. <laughs> Don't get involved with these guys, just drive. <laughs> they're looking for trouble. Whoa. I'm like, Okay. I have a friend in Chicago. He's like, you know, he says, in the night when I was at this warehouse, I saw this thing. And I said, so I sent him a a picture of a harpy from Greek, Greek mythology. And he says, yeah, that's what it looked like. I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, they're trouble. Just stay away from them. Ignore them. Whoa. <laughs> Serious encounters there. I'm telling you, it's just... A laugh a minute, so to speak. <laughs> it sounds like it. June, thank well, you. I, I yeah. Continue, please. If you want to share, I, I was going to thank you for your time here. I don't want to keep you too, too long. But if you want to share another story, by all means. <laughs> well, my when I met my husband, of course, he didn't know what he did. Mm. He doesn't know. And I waited till uh, about a month before I delivered our son to tell him, well, listen, this is what I do. This is what I can do. And what's in my stomach is probably going to be able to do some of the same thing. And he just kind of like, whatever, you know, he's he's very, very left-brained. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if I can't touch it, feel it, or see it, it doesn't exist. You know, but being married to me, he's seen some things he'd rather not, not at home because my house is protected. But we were at, uh, we're visiting my cousin at the coast and we're standing at our timeshare, and I'm upstairs, and I felt something negative come in, and and uh, I hear my husband bellowing. So I run downstairs, and he's pointing at this thing. To him, it looks like a child that's totally black. Ooh. And uh, as he points at it, it, it sh- I could see it was a shadow person, and it just flew out through the, the uh, French windows. And he's like, well, what was that? And I'm like, that, my dear husband, is a shadow person. Welcome to my world. He says, I never want to see that again. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> wow. Was that, was that something that was, uh, like, occupying the timeshare place already? Or was it something that was coming through maybe because you showed up there? Yeah, it was passing through it. But, you know, you stop and think about it. It's the ocean. We were, like, literally right on the ocean. Mm-hmm. So it's like all that salt water and everything. Plus, you know, it's a, a lot of bad things happen down that way. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a lot of covens that dark covens that are down there. And it's like, I mean, I'd, I, I like I like pagan priestess. I have a friend that's a pagan priestess, but these dark these dark covens are not good. And there are a lot of them down there, unfortunately. Whoa, it's creepy. That, it is. that will have to be a story for another day because I, I would I would love to know more. I, I could ask like, infinite questions on almost all these <laughs> subjects. June, I want to give you time, though, to to shout out your content and what all is going on. I have your website pulled up here for those at home. Uh, MysticConnections.org. Great place to start. What should they look for, June? Um, they can look for that one or DemonSeer.com. They're, bo- they're both feed into each other so one is pointing at the other so they're you know they're a mix of the two there and uh i all my books are available you can get them in ebook format or print um 
I sell my black salt on my website for protection. And uh, I have the links to my books there as well. I'm hoping to have Demon Seer, the, the beginning, out at the end of December. Oh, excellent. Beginning Wonderful. of December. June, thank you for your time here today. Thank you for, for chatting with me the other day and getting this all set up. Thank you for doing this, especially on your day off here. We will let you go so that you can enjoy it. And uh, then everyone at home will get to catch this episode up on Spotify and iTunes. The rest will make sure you have a link. Great. Yes. Thank you so much. I Excellent. love being on it. Thank you, you June. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. We appreciate it, as you. are you. And we will talk to you very soon. All right. Stay safe Bye. out there. Bye-bye. June, everybody. Oh, my goodness. June Lundgren, amazing call. I appreciated that a lot. Popping back into the streaming room. We'll get Pagan back in here. Probably take a quick break. Hello, Pagan. Hello. I appreciate June's stories. I like, you guys know me, I don't come at things from a very Christian perspective often, but I kind of do. And I really like June's take on many of those things. And if you watch her in that episode where Zach Baggins has like a real physical reaction, I liked her composure, which was the first thing that caught me about June. So there was just an energy about her that I was like, I don't get this from people that are like, going through the motions, trying to hype it mm -hmm. up. So I appreciated that. She doesn't hype it up. She She's just like, this is life. Yeah. This is how it is. <laughs> I see these things. I can help you see them, but you probably don't want to. So <laughs> as I wrap up this recording for the people listening at home, I just want to remind everyone that June's links will be in the description on your favorite podcast player. Go subscribe to the Revelator Morning Show feed and the Chaos and Shadow feed because we have lots of interviews coming out. In fact, after our interview with June today, pretty soon, Pagan and I have to scuttle out the door to do an interview with Michelle Bellinger. We are keeping the demon and elemental side of things flowing. We could not have planned this stuff. It literally just fell into our lap in this order and it unfolded. We had Katie on to talk elementals. If you guys are interested in this subject, you're just getting a lot of it. So thank you for subscribing out there. To those listening at home, we're going to let you go. I'm going to cut this audio recording short. We'll be hanging out here on the stream for a little longer today. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you very soon.